upon a time, a small town boy from the south traveled across the ocean to the island of love called Cyprus. He grew into a fine young man on a mission to preach the gospel to the whole world. Then, one day, when he least expected it, he met a Polish girl. Risking it all, he asked her out on a church date. It didn't take long before they fell in love and lived happily ever after. Hold on, I missed the best part. They had a son, later diagnosed with autism, which changed everything. Then two years later, they welcomed a little girl with a heart of gold and a will of iron. They were missionaries and autism parents trying to keep the faith and sanity. Each week, they'll share their journey of love, faith, hope, special needs parenting, and everything else in between. Here is The Preacher and the Polish Girl. Sibling rivalries. Friends or nemesis. Do they differ in a special needs home? How about in the royal family? Or the ones recorded in the Bible? We'll talk about that in today's episode. Ah, the old sibling rivalries. I was the youngest of three sons, and there were a total of five of us in the household. And so being the youngest brother, when we all played football when we were kids, I was the football. Aww. And then, of course, my parents used to joke that they had two families because when we moved to Cyprus when I was 10, two children, the older ones, stayed back and were already married and were starting their families. Mm -hmm. And then here, the other three of us went overseas. I remember it well. I remember growing up in the 80s, and we used to watch wrestling a Mm, lot. The 80s. And I remember getting a lot of suplexes and a lot of pile drivers and off-the-top ropes and... (laughs) No idea what you're talking about. That Trust must me. be something American. Yes, but the, the the wrestling fans out there will appreciate the fact that um, they'll, they'll know all had. about they'll know all about getting a clothesline and a suplex and a figure four leg lo- uh, a figure four leg lock from their brothers. Well, the eighties were amazing. I had two siblings: one brother, one sister, ten and seven years older than me. Don't hate me, siblings. <laughs> I was the baby, and the of spoiled course, baby. I had vinegar and bread. Down, down, down. Vinegar and bread, what does that well, mean? Well, you know, it wasn't like in America. The 80s were still ah. under communist regime. Ah, yes. Very socialistic. Yes, you understand. The shelves in the stores mm-hmm. were empty. So, yeah, I got my first Barbie doll when I was 11 years old. and. Well, I got my first Barbie doll. No, wait a minute. No, I didn't say that out loud, did I? I'm just now playing the <laughs> tiniest violin. No, it's yeah. a very sweet story. Forget sibling rivalries. How amazing was your brother? He took the blame for everything I've done. But I'm talking about the Barbie. Oh, yes. I mean, he was working like third shift. Didn't he work all summer just to buy you that Barbie? More. More than summer. Yeah. Because you couldn't get the Barbie doll. It was in the special foreign currency store. Gotcha. Yes. I remember my brother, not the oldest, but the middle, the one next up from me. Mm -hmm. I remember with his first paycheck when we were living in Cyprus. He only stayed for a year. But I remember his first paycheck that he got for working very long hours in a local restaurant, literally doing the grunt work, you know, the cleaning the tables, the bus boy, and just taking all the trash out. With his first paycheck, he spent every bit of it on buying me a BMX bike. Wow. And as I took it down the road after owning it for five minutes, I put the front brakes on instead of the back brakes and went flying over the top. Oh. And... Uh, 
filled my forearm with gravel. Ouch. <laughs> Until this day. Yeah, yeah, there's still there's the scars <laughs> remain. But you know, the big news now, at least in the Western world and probably every corner of the world, I'm not talking about the more serious side of news, the, mm-hmm. the serious things. We are living in very serious times. But as far as gossip and that type of news, mm-hmm. probably the biggest news out there is the kind of rivalry the and royal family. The royal brothers. Yes, the royal brothers, Prince Harry and Prince William. Uh, what are they calling also them? Also known as the heir and the spare. That's the right. Spare. Yes, the heir and the spare. Oh, yes. So what's the biblical order for sons and daughters? Like, who would receive the blessing? Who would be the heir? Mm-hmm. How would they decide? Yes. Go ahead, preacher. Well, ultimately, the sons were responsible for taking care of their mothers and, and having the spiritual role should anything happen to their fathers. Also, the youngest daughters would always be raised to stay and live with the elderly parents, or usually it would be just one widowed parent, and they would be looking after them till they die. Indeed. And, you know, sibling rivalries, the fights, the shouting, the tattling, trying to turn mom and dad against each other and prove who's right and who's wrong, all those things. Mm -hmm. Sibling rivalries started very quickly. Let's go to the beginning. Yeah. If you literally go to the book of Genesis, the very first brothers ended up, you know, at least on one side of having a, a pretty hot rivalry. Now, Abel, of course, was not contributing to that rivalry per se, other than the fact that he was doing the right thing. He was unable to be hateful. I see see what you did there. (laughs) I see what you did there. But Cain would be kind of the first example and the first person to have that awful kind of the uglier side of of a rivalry. It actually ended, and and all joking aside, it actually ended in uh, the first murder. Mm -hmm. You know, it didn't take long for the families to descend into rivalry and fighting and Jealousy and envy. Yeah. So, yes. And then it went on to Jacob and Esau. The twins. And, of course, Esau was a man of the field. He was the oldest one, right? He was. And So, how did it happen that he was not the one receiving the blessing? Trickery. Was he the redhead, hairy one? He was the hairy one, and Jacob was a smooth man, as they say. Smooth <laughs> in more ways than one, apparently. He was smooth with the talk and ended up being a major hero and patriarch of the, of the children of Israel, and he's mentioned in that famous, you know, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and then, of course, Jacob. It's amazing how God can turn what the devil meant for evil. Sure. For good. Especially in the next rivals, Joseph. Oh, and um, Judah, and the other brothers. Now, here's the amazing thing, that if you ever wanted to just be blown away about how the Bible is so perfectly woven together— and how you can literally trace everything back to the beginnings. Mm-hmm. Joseph was, of course, betrayed by all of his brothers. They all agreed, well, at least except for Reuben, to throw him into the pit. Mm-hmm. But it was actually Judah's idea to sell him into slavery. Right. And you say, well, what's what, what's the big deal about what's, that? What's so significant? Well, that's the line that Jesus came through. Jesus is would be later known as the Lion of the tribe of Judah. Wow. And so if Judah had not traded his brother to those traders and had he not gone to Egypt, then the whole family would have died. They would have perished. Yeah. So literally, that's why Joseph says at the end of Genesis, he says, what you meant for evil, God meant for good, Mm. to save much people alive. And he had no idea how big that statement was because he was literally talking about the lineage of Jesus who would be born one day through that line of Judah. Wow. But yes, sibling rivalries, they've been around for a long time and- 
they're not going anywhere. Let's go back to Joseph, because recently I did the interview with the author of the book, Was Joseph on the Spectrum? Mm -hmm. You remember when we talked about the coat of many colors and we discussed, like, was it truly favoritism or was it a kind of protection, like putting a seal of protection for the world to see that he's different, that he's special? Sure. The book is entitled, Was Joseph on the Spectrum? Mm-hmm. Now, remind me of the author's name. Samuel Levine. Okay, he's he's a well-established, well-known... Law professor. Yes, and he wrote this book and, and just kind of went down that possibility that Joseph may have been on the autism spectrum. And so the coat of many colors, well, it might have played a role in identifying, like you said. Mm-hmm. So this is a big word that, well, I guess it rears its ugly head in every family, mm-hmm. and parents don't mean to fall into this trap, and I guess we all can at times, but we try to get out of that hole pretty quickly. What is no the word? Favoritism. Oh, yes. Wouldn't you say that favoritism can contribute a lot to a sibling rivalry? Absolutely. In meaning favoritism from the parent. Yes, absolutely. Or any other family members, aunties, mm-hmm. grandparents, and so on. Yes, absolutely. Favoritism actually played a big role with Jacob and Esau. Mm-hmm. Esau was well-liked and well-loved by his father Isaac, and Jacob was what we would kind of refer to, and this is not a negative thing per se, but he was definitely a mama's boy. Yes. Favoritism could have lended to some of the heartaches that Joseph and his brothers encountered. Now, again, when we mention these things, we're not trying to put people in the past on trial, but we still can learn from them. Yes. And I think that's probably the earliest detection, at least in the scriptures, of favoritism. And so favoritism can play a very negative role and it can have a negative impact. Mm -hmm. Um, We segued into this topic because the person of Joseph and how Jacob was treating him and mm -hmm. the favoritism, if he was indeed different Mm -hmm. and he was very detail-oriented, he was very specific about his task and keeping the law to the final dot. And naive. Very maybe. naive. Yes. And even in the Hebrew text, the word is used na'ar, which means childish or childlike. Mm-hmm. Even as a 17-year-old boy. He which, was referred to as a child. Exactly. And 17-year-old boy in those times in ancient Israel was Would have been regarded as a man. Yes. And yet he was still referred to as a child. So there's yes. a clue that he may have been different. Right. And there are other clues. But favoritism. As parents of special needs children, we tend to put more attention to our children on the spectrum or special needs because they require more. Mm. more. You have opened up a very interesting thought now. Mm -hmm. Tell me. Because you mentioned the favoritism. Mm -hmm. Would it be fair to say, I think it's fair to say, I'm going to say it anyway, maybe with a special needs child, you you can't avoid the need for extra care to be placed on those individuals with the special needs. So if you're in a house like we're in, where you mm-hmm. have a neurotypical child yes, and the term neurodivergent mm-hmm. child, like Michael, someone on the spectrum, we love our children equally. We try to spend quality time with them equally. Right. We try to make them both feel loved and appreciated. But just by sheer consequence of Michael's condition, mm-hmm. we are forced, we're obliged to put more emphasis on his daily needs for the simple fact that he has more daily needs. Right. And his needs impact all of us. Yeah. And so maybe that was the case with Joseph. Because Joseph was unique and special, maybe Jacob had no choice but to kind of keep a closer eye on him. 
you know, just an interesting thought. We're not saying we're not going to get up and I'm not going to get up and preach this next Sunday, but right. I do recommend reading the book. But was it Joseph is an interesting spectrum. book, and I'm going to include that in the link below our mm-hmm. podcast. When you mention favoritism, another word that could kind of be in the same vein is protectionism. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so I think for a special needs family, if they're trying to do it right, and again, we're not claiming to be perfect, far from it, mm-hmm. but maybe what some would call favoritism, in our case, is more protectionism. Yes, I believe it is. The last rival, and it's not really a rival, it's not a two-sided rival. Mm-hmm. Uh, very interesting, you know, we're Christians, we follow Jesus, of course. His own brothers well, that's uh, a very interesting didn't believe dynamic. him. Yes, they didn't believe that he was the Messiah. There was unbelief in his own household. And of course, that was corrected, at least in, in part. Mm-hmm. But it's just interesting how it went all the way from Cain and Abel to Jesus Right. In his own family. Jesus was the firstborn. And then, of course, he had other siblings. This opens up the door for my next topic, which is siblings of children with special needs. There is so much to cover there because they are often overlooked mm-hmm. and they are always fighting for more attention. Like we discussed, you know, like even in royal family, mm-hmm. even though they don't have special needs, but because of the royal hierarchy and the order, the younger brother... Prince Harry is screaming for attention. Not always the best way. Because he's the spare. Because he's the spare. And very often siblings of children on the spectrum or any other special needs feel like the spare. Sure. So let's talk about that. You mentioned always fighting for attention. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we were conscious of, even when we were planning how to begin the podcast, is we want to make sure that our daughter was always included in the story because she is so essential to the story. She really is. And she's extremely valuable to us, equally loved, equally kind of just adored. I mean, we're very, I guess what you call doting parents. We try not to spoil our children, but I guess they've gone through phases where they have been mm-hmm. uh, in more ways than one. But, you know, she is the younger. She is what we would call the neurotypical child. And she's had to make sacrifices. She's had to hear the word no. She's had to hear, we can't do this today because Michael isn't in a good mood or Michael has therapy or we or have to your do friends Michael, Michael, come Michael, over Michael. Because Michael. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so she is very much a part of it. And she... In some ways, we could say, and I and I and I try to use the words carefully because right. I don't want people to get the wrong impression. We're not trying to tell a sad story here. We're we love our family. We love our We're kids. We're just sharing the reality. Just sharing the reality mm-hmm. that our daughter Vivian does bear the brunt in many ways. Yes. Of Michael's journey with mm-hmm. autism, she Absolutely. bears the brunt along with us. I would say e- equally bears the brunt. Mm-hmm. But, you know, she's such a little fighter that she would be fighting for attention regardless. That's something that I point out to people on a regular basis Mm -hmm. is that a lot of the rivalries that have occurred between Michael and Vivian, they've just been the fact that she's the younger sister. He's a boy. Right. She doesn't want a boy in her room. Right. But they do fight. Like, you know, if if they both like a certain candy or a chocolate and Michael just snatches it, oh, she will chase him and get it back. Yeah. And uh, likewise, you know, other way around. Or if she goes to his room and sits in his hammock to to watch some videos, he will chase her out if he doesn't want her there. Sure. She's not saying, hey, my autistic brother is taking my candy. No, she doesn't My autistic brother is this. She is just saying, Michael is this. Michael is doing that. Absolutely. Do you remember when... It's a very natural When we were in Cyprus and they were both going to the same private school, Mm -hmm. English school, and... And uh, she was so proud when Michael joined her class, even though there was three years difference between them. Yeah. They were both in the same class. 
and she would be just walking him by the hand and just telling Showing everybody, this is look. my brother, yes. this is my brother. So proud of her. Uh, so, you know, even when she was younger, uh-huh. she's always been... You know, a little kind of, adult. Yes. Would you say that's part of the process of having a special needs sibling? Is that is that you think the kids they naturally mature. they mature faster? I think so. I believe that they are forced, not forced by parents, mm. but by circumstances. Sure. They mature faster because they see the struggle. They see the reality. They know that it's different when they can comprehend that your family is slightly different than mine. You know, you can have your uh, sibling rivalry with your older sister, older brother, or younger brothers, just about simple things, neurotypical things. And here I have my older brother who, who cannot communicate with words per se. You know, we've often talked about the social aspects. Oh, yes. You know, going to a restaurant together, going to the mall together, walking to a store together. Mm-hmm. Any public places. Really. Basically, Vivian, I'm sure, would have the normal peer pressure of not wanting to be embarrassed by her dad. Sure. <laughs> Which she was, Especially now. I said to me before, Dad, you're embarrassing me. Dad, don't say this in front of, you know. <laughs> yeah. And she would say the same to you. And yeah. she would have... Just a natural embarrassment for a big brother, regardless of his condition. But what I do find so remarkable about her Mm -hmm. is the fact she will complain about something that Michael has done. She will air her grievances. Right. But boy, if you dare make the mistake of saying anything about Michael Michael or staring too long at Michael. Looking in the wrong way. (laughs) She is ready. She is ready to roll her sleeves up. She's ready to raise not only autism awareness, but also some fists. Yes, she (laughs) is. She is fiercely loyal and fiercely protective of him, which I think is just so wonderful. Yes. That she is, in some ways, a little big sister. Yes. What would you say, not just in our experience, but what do you mm-hmm. think, generally speaking, what could be a couple of those heavier weights? Well, like even inviting friends over. Mm-hmm. She knows she always needs to put a disclaimer. She yes. cannot just invite any friend. It must be a friend who is aware that her brother has autism. And is um, not going to ask silly que- what she would consider silly questions or uncomfortable questions. Right. And even if they would, it wouldn't be in front of Michael. She would correct them and tell them, I will tell you, I can explain it to you, but let's go to to my room. Mm-hmm. But again, it's not like, hey, you know, I invited so-and-so from my class. Sure. We would always have to know who this person is and are they aware what autism is? Will they be awkward? Um, it's, it's a struggle. It's For a me, struggle. a heavier weight would be just the inability to relate as other siblings can relate. Like I was always able to confide and even though we fought, I was always able to confide and converse with my brothers and sisters. We could bear one another's burdens. We could talk talk about about things. We could talk about memories. Sure. (laughs) And she does not have that. She does not have that outlet. And so that's something that's always been, you know, it's a burden that I carry along with her. Mm -hmm. But of course, God gives us the grace. She's got friends and she's got uh, her cousin who she loves very much. She's sort of become like a little brother. Yes. And their little fights are oh, yeah. <laughs> sweet. Yes. Um, if that's all they had to fight about, wouldn't yes, it be great? So she's got one older brother <laughs> and one younger yes. cousin. Yeah. There are, of course, limitations of what you know siblings of children with special needs can do. Sure. And like in Vivian's case, she cannot just uh, say, okay, I'm going to go skate outside the house. 
leaving the door open. Again, we mentioned that yeah. in previous episodes, um, there are limitations. The what soft prison. Right. The soft prison, yeah. If Michael has a bad day, it affects the whole family. We cannot just go or take her out because we need to focus on Michael. Or if he's got therapy, that's a priority because... Sure. She knows that as soon as Michael gets better, the sooner she'll be able to function as well, normal as possible. You know, also, let's just accept and concede this fact yeah. that the world is a lot more dangerous now. Yes, it and is. And so it's not like she's at an age where we could just say, yeah, girl, you, you go, go outside, do your thing, yeah. and we'll just put our focus on Michael and, mm -hmm. and you'll be fine. Right. Because you just don't know. You know, when I was a kid, I know everybody says this. I know it's a cliche, but I used to ride my bike around the neighborhood. Right. We were literally gone from as soon as school was finished to the early evening. Yeah. And my parents were not really concerned and no one was. Yeah. Uh, Until I the streetlights were coming on. I don't know anybody. On. I don't know anybody that would just let their kids out and play unless they were in a very sheltered, you know, gated, even their own little plot where they live, their own little yes. ranch was somehow so secure that no one could get in, no one could get out unless you knew. Yes. I mean, it's just, there's just, I think the that's just not evil. where most people live. You know? Yes, the times are evil. Sure. You know, adults have therapy. I guess a lot of kids have access to that too. But wouldn't you say that even offloading the stress and mm -hmm. the anxiety, the extra anxiety, you know, just the normal burdens that come with childhood and mm -hmm. the kind of preteen era and then, you know, those early teenage years, you have all that angst, all that stress, right. all of that peer pressure, and then you add a big dollop of, of special needs sibling kind of struggles. Mm -hmm. And so I think offloading that stress and that anxiety is it's something that every parent should be aware of Yes, and not let the kids feel like they're out in an ocean. Yes. And that's why we have amazing friends in church. Sure. Great friends who also, some of them have children with special needs or now adults. They understand not only how it is to have a child with special needs, but also they know how it is to have a neurotypical child or a fully able child and how this child would always be second in line because we need to focus on this. So, so our friend, she wants to take Vivian out for shopping mm -hmm. or just girls time sure. out and just to show her that, you know, you are still a priority. And we had several friends who offered to come yes. pick up Vivian just to take her out because, you know, they want to help us. Sure. They don't know how to take Michael out because there are so many things that we would have to train them on. But again, it's it's doable. It, it is. It takes time and willingness and uh, special forces. <laughs> Indeed. Special yes. training, special forces. Yes. Special Secret service. Yes, yes, absolutely. But that's how we offload our daughter's burdens. and As well as family time and as well as taking daddy, our... daddy-daughter dates. Sure. And mother-daughter times. Mother-daughter time. And now we're hoping to go to the gym together and start our fitness routine. Yes. That's, that's all that's offloading some of her heavy weight. So as far as the future, mm -hmm. we are going to mention that in a, in a future episode in entirety. But for now, I would say that even the sibling, even in our case, our daughter has mm -hmm. the same kind of concerns and burdens that we do about the future, yes. Michael's future. I'm going to end with this this way, just to tell you how remarkable and how special some of these special needs siblings can be. Mm -hmm. And who else to brag on but my own daughter. One of the things that she has made clear, she goes, whoever I date in the future, when I'm old enough to date, which I tell her is about the age of 30, and whoever yeah. <laughs> I eventually marry, she goes, they will have to know, if you love me, you have to love my brother. Mm -hmm. We're a package deal. Wow. Yes. That is one of the greatest She's gifts. She's my hero. She is mine, too, in many ways. Yes. We're very blessed with both of our children. But yes, sibling rivalries. I've enjoyed covering this. 
and I know there's a lot more we could say, and perhaps we will in another episode. Any final thoughts, Autism Mama Bear? Harry, stop it. <laughs> she is not happy with Harry. No, I am not. She is kind a, of a royalist. Yeah, bit of a royalist. Even though it's not my royal family, but hey. Not very happy with Harry and Meghan right no. now. No. Oh well. No, I'm not. See you next time.